From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, March 2nd. Coming up today. Tesla shares drop as Elon Musk disappoints at an investor meeting. Salesforce shares surge on an upbeat outlook. Credit Suisse escalates efforts to win back clients. And another crypto firm plunges over doubts on its future. I'm Amy Morris. New York City will settle with hundreds of demonstrators who say they were subjected to excessive force. And New Jersey property tax rebate checks start going out this month. I'm John Stashow in sports. Seven straight wins for the Knicks. They blew out the Nets at the Garden. Road wins for the Rangers and Devils. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with a sell-off in Tesla shares this morning. They're down more than 5%. Elon Musk's much-hyped master plan fell flat with Tesla's investors. The four-hour presentation on Investor Day failed to offer any firm detail on the company's next generation of electric cars. Musk did, however, tout Tesla's leadership in artificial intelligence. So, as we solve real-world AI. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anyone even close to Tesla on solving real-world AI. Elon Musk did confirm a new plant in Mexico will build Tesla's next generation of vehicles, but he didn't offer details on timing. Well, the decline in Tesla shares not helping market sentiment this morning, Nathan. Stocks are lower around the world, and yields on 10-year treasuries are above 4% for the first time since November. More central bankers, like Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari, are hammering home the message that rates will keep going up. I'm open-minded at this point about whether it's 25 or 50 basis points. To me, much what's much more important than whether it's 25 or 50 is what we signal in what's called the dot plot. And Kashkari and the Fed raised rates by 25 basis points at their last meeting. Markets are currently pricing in three more hikes of that size. Well, another note on central banks this morning, Karen, brings us to the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. It turns out the search firm it hired to find a new president includes the wife of Austin Goolsby among its executives. Goolsby was ultimately picked for the role. He took over leadership of the bank in January and is now a voting member of the Fed. A Chicago Fed spokesperson says, quote, we have every confidence in the integrity of the search process. Well, in Europe, Nathan, looks like rates will continue to go up. ECB President Christine Lagarde told a Spanish TV show that interest rate increases may need to continue beyond a planned half-point move two weeks from now. Lagarde said policymakers will do everything to return inflation to their 2% target. And following those comments, Karen, we're getting fresh inflation data out of the EU. Crossing the Bloomberg just moments ago, euro area inflation rose last month. Consumer prices were up 8.5% compared to an estimate of 8.3%. 
Well, staying in Europe, we're taking a close look at Credit Suisse this morning. We're learning the bank is escalating efforts to win back clients. And we get the story live with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts in London. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. If you've got five million bucks to deposit, then Credit Suisse wants your business. After unprecedented outflows in the latest quarter, Bloomberg has learned the Swiss bank has raised three-month rates in Asia to as much as, as about 6.5% for new money. That's close to 100 basis points more than it was offering in December. It's also higher than rivals, including UBS, JP Morgan and Citigroup. A clear sign Credit Suisse wants to rebuild assets in the region. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Back here in the U.S., shares of Salesforce are up nearly 15%. That's after an upbeat forecast for the coming year. We caught up with Chairman and CEO Mark Benioff. As we really focus on our performance, on our profitability, on the reprioritization back to being a core CRM company, it was really time to put the M&A committee on ice and just you know mitigate what we've been doing with M&A and just focus more on our core. Mark Benioff's also praising activist investors for piling into Salesforce. The CEO's enjoying a victory lap with these strong results after those very same investors pushed for changes at Salesforce over the past few months. Well, we've also been speaking with the CEO of Chevron, Nathan. Mike Wirth says rising Chinese oil demand and dwindling spare capacity around the world may push crude prices higher this year. All the leading indicators would suggest that economic activity is picking up, energy demand is picking up, and uh, and I think as we get into the, the middle of this year and certainly into the second half of this year, uh, that demand uh, is likely to, uh, to tighten markets a little bit. Chevron CEO Mike Worth says China's reopening will provide steady demand growth through the year. And checking oil right now, NYMEX crude oil is up half percent or 37 cents at $78.06 a barrel. Brent is up four tenths of a percent at $84.64. Now we've been speaking with the CEO of Coinbase Global. Brian Armstrong is pushing back at SEC efforts to regulate the crypto exchange's so-called staking product. In Coinbase's case, our staking product is not a security. Um, there's many differences. I mean, we Customers never turn over their assets to Coinbase, for instance. They're, they're always in the customer's possession, and we're really just providing a service that passes through those coins to help them um, you know, participate in staking, which is a decentralized protocol. Brian Armstrong says Coinbase received investigative subpoenas from the SEC about staking. It works by letting users generate yields in return for using their tokens to facilitate blockchain transactions. Well, staying in the crypto world now, Nathan, there are concerns of another crypto firm collapse. Shares of Silvergate Capital are plunging on news it's delaying its annual report. We get the details live with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Silver stock sank as much as 32% in pre-market trading after the firm said it's studying its status as a growing concern. Silvergate says the delay is necessary to review financial controls and to assess the damage from the collapse of FTX. Many Silvergate customers pulled out after FTX. FTX went belly up late last year. The company already reported a $1 billion loss for the fourth quarter and warned that number could climb higher. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 40 degrees in New York. It's going to be sunny this afternoon, breezy and milder with a high near 60. Clouds build in tonight. We'll get down near 35. Time now to look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Nathan. New York City advocates are outraged. NYPD representatives failed to show up at yesterday's oversight hearing. Instead, the department submitted written testimony as council members spent hours listening to public concerns over the department's strategic response group. There's a lot of people here who I wanted to talk to, and they're not here. I don't understand that. We have to have this whole bureaucracy to, like, uh, hold them accountable, and they don't even show up. 
In a statement, the NYPD wrote that in part it is committed to changing its practices, but opponents say the SRG commits acts of violence without being held accountable. Now this, after the city agreed to pay nearly $7 million to more than 300 demonstrators who were mistreated during a 2020 protest against police violence. The anti-protest practice, known as kettling, boxed in racial justice demonstrators and then hit them with batons and pepper spray. New York City agreed to pay $21,500 to each protester involved. Now, if the judge approves, it will cost the city between $4 million and $6 million. Chicago's police chief announced his resignation just a day after Lori Lightfoot became the first mayor of the third largest U.S. city to lose a re-election bid in 40 years. Police Superintendent David Brown says he'll leave his post effective March 16th and will take a job as the chief operating officer of a personal injury law firm. Chicago is faced with rising violence that sparked outrage among residents and business leaders. Roughly 1.7 million homeowners and renters will be benefiting from one of the largest tax relief programs in New Jersey's history. Yesterday was the deadline for homeowners and renters to fill out forms for the Anchor Rebate Program. Governor Phil Murphy says homeowners with income up to $150,000 will receive a $1,500 rebate in the spring. Renters get a $450 rebate. And SpaceX has launched four astronauts to the International Space Station for NASA. The Falcon rocket launched from Florida's Kennedy Space Center early this morning. The Dragon capsule should reach the space station by tomorrow. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Amy. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. For that, we bring in John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. The Knicks and Nets close to each other in the standings, but that's because the Nets used to have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Of course, they no longer do, and it doesn't appear they'll remain close as these two teams are clearly going opposite ways. Nets have lost four in a row, eight of their last ten. Knicks have won their last seven, yet to lose since they made that trade to get Josh Hart from Portland. At the Garden, it was all Knicks. A 47-point first quarter when they shot 78%, 82% on three-pointers. The final was 142 to 118. Jalen Brunson scored 39 points. All but nine came in the first half. Only took four shots in the second half. Cam Johnson led Brooklyn with 33. Tomorrow night, the Nets go to Boston. Celtics won last night over Cleveland. The Knicks will play tomorrow night in Miami. Durant played for the Suns last night for the first time, back from his knee injury that he suffered while with Brooklyn. He scored 23 in a Phoenix win at Charlotte. Milwaukee won again. That's 16 wins in a row for the Bucks. Rangers in Philadelphia. Mika Zibanejad, a first-period goal on the power play, is 32nd. Chris Kreider scored his 26th. They went to overtime. It's played by Heedle to Tarasenko between the circles. Tarasenko fires and scores! Vladimir Tarasenko, his third goal as a Ranger, lights the lamp for the Blue Shirts. 3-2 victory in overtime. ESPN New York had the call. Tarasenko, a recent acquisition. Patrick Kane, an even more recent acquisition. Kane will make his Rangers debut tonight at the Garden against Ottawa. Devils, seven different goal scorers, won 7-5 at Colorado. Fordham lost in overtime at George Mason. Start of the Northeast Conference Tournament, season-ending losses for Wagner, LIU, and St. Francis. Notre Dame upset Pittsburgh. It was the last home game for longtime Notre Dame coach Mike Bray. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? 
And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. Elon Musk has unveiled his third master plan for Tesla, and so so far it does not seem to be falling too well with investors. Right now, Tesla shares are down more than 5.5%. After a lot of talk from the uh, Gigafactory in Austin about a sustainable energy future for the planet, but not much in the way of specifics. For more, we're joined by Bloomberg Global Auto's editor, Craig Trudell. Craig, uh, good morning. It was a four-hour presentation, and, I mean, arguably, you could say that uh, Tesla did deliver on at least putting out a message about the sustainable energy future, because there was certainly a lot of talk about that. Yeah, uh, I think the, the beginning of, of the presentation uh, w- was definitely heavy on, on details there, sort of calculations of what it's going to take, uh, along with, you know, some uh, hints of, of Tesla's role in that. Obviously, everyone knows, uh, you know, that, that, you know, they have the cars, they have uh, the battery storage products. Uh, there, was, there was a uh, suggestion that they may get into uh, making heat pumps for, for homes, uh, but you know the the big news that was sort of anticipated was a next generation vehicle that the company has alluded to uh, in, in the past few months, and really even uh, more than two years ago when they held their battery day, they talked about you know a, a much cheaper model, a twenty five thousand dollar car. Uh, there there was uh, really very little in in the way of of details there. Uh, and, and that, you know, sort of left uh, left the crowd hanging. I think that is the big reason why we're seeing the reaction this morning. Well, were investors expecting too much from an event like this? Was this the right venue for uh, analysts to hear about things like a lower-priced sedan or specifics about you know, Tesla's model lineup going forward? I think it's honestly hard to say because, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you never really know what Musk is, is going to do, right? And and I do think that, uh, you know, when you sort of tout the event as, you know, uh, the, the plan for transitioning uh, the world to sustainable energy, you know, clearly uh, a, a low-priced uh, electric car uh, would, would play a, a big part in that. And so I do think that, you know, the, the expectation of, of something on, on that product uh, was was uh, understandable. And, you know, that, that helps explain why there, there's, you know, been such a, a letdown in terms of, you know, how the investors are, are digesting this. It was interesting as well uh, during this presentation to see Musk put forward a lot of executives, more than a dozen of them, some of whom investors have never really seen before. What does that say about the leadership at Tesla? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's uh, a very clear response to the criticism that Musk has gotten and, and that the board has gotten about, uh, you know, who's who's behind Musk and what happens to this company, you know, if and, and when he, he moves on. 
Uh, I don't think there's any expectation that, uh, you know, he wants to leave uh, Tesla. But, of course, we know he's stretched uh, awfully thin. He was already running several other companies before he acquired Twitter. Uh, and I think he provided some fresh evidence of just how distracted he is by that <laughs> company uh, by tweeting during during the presentation when some of his executives were uh, were speaking. And so, uh, you know, I think there was there was clearly an attempt there to show, uh, you know, some of the, the talent uh, on the bench uh, for, for Tesla to sort of address uh, some of, some of that criticism. So is there anything, Craig, that you heard from the presentation that investors can hang their hats on when it comes to Tesla's immediate plans? I think one of the things that was really interesting, you know, to the extent they did talk about their next generation vehicle, they talked about the drive unit not using rare earth metals. And so we've seen uh, uh, miners of of those metals uh, react in in a really substantial way. Uh, that that isn't a huge shock. We've heard uh, automakers like BMW talk about efforts to to get rid of rare earths. Um, you know, in addition to uh, the this being you know sort of a dirty process, mining those uh, they're expensive, and and uh, you know rare is in the name, right? And so uh, it, it, it's not necessarily a shocker that they're going in that direction, but. Uh, definitely, um, you know, judging from the reaction in, in shares of those companies, that came as a bit of a surprise. I think they also uh, interestingly talked about, uh, you know, lithium refining and and sort of their reluctance to get into the, the business of mining lithium if they can avoid it, but that they do see, you know, real sort of stress in, in the refining uh, space and that they're going to uh, sort of jump into that to, to help play a role in, in uh, sort of sorting out that uh, bottleneck. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.